Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back to hour number two. Fantasy Sports Today, the game day edition. Mike Blewett, Jim Day, Scott Engel. Taking around the world, the NFL fantasy rankings via RotoExperts.com. Scott Engel's rankings each and every week updated accordingly and updated right before this show. You can catch Scott on Twitter at Scott E Roto X. Jim Day is at Fantasy Taz T A Z, and I'm at Mike Blewett. Uh, in general, feel free to tweet at us in general at uh, at FNTSY Radio. So. Big sto- big news stories are really the injuries. Uh, I don't think there's any large stories that we need to discuss outside of. I mean, the Le'Veon Bell news I guess broke this week. Uh, I don't even remember what day that happened. It feels like two weeks ago, but it happened between the last time that we spoke. So the Le'Veon Bell coming back in week seven, like during their bye week, after their bye week, whatever he chooses to do, that seems like the deal. Uh, Scott, would you expect when he comes back, he slots right in in the role that Connor has right now, except or the old role that Le'Veon Bell had? Would you expect that? I don't think it could, it could be immediate uh, because the guys missed all of training camp and the first six games. I think he's got to be eased in. You know, we can't just expect him to be popped right back in as a starter over Connor. You know, just based on his talent alone. You know, they got they have to be careful with him. I think his people have to be careful with him. I, I would I would be looking at you know, looking for him to like take over the job till at least week eight or nine. Jim, last year he held out right up until the season started. He came in and he wasn't particularly efficient to start the year, but he was good for fantasy owners. And the Steelers didn't really ease him in. They didn't share the ball much with anybody like they normally don't do with any of their running backs, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, who's been primarily for five years, or D'Angelo Williams, or in this this spot right here, James Conner. So for fantasy owners out there that have Bell, should they expect Bell to get eased in like Scott just said? Well, look, you're talking about Bell last year, and, you know, he did come right in just before week one, played week one, but he didn't do anything in week one. Had a terrible week one. It was week two that he started getting back into the game. So I'm with Scott. I think first game back is going to be a little rough for him. Missed all the conditioning all the time. Just getting hit. Uh, You know, people don't realize how much it takes – getting used to getting hit again. So that really comes into play. That first game back is going to be tough. I do expect them to ease him back in. But once that happens, once that first game is over, I expect them to roll with Bell. Look, they don't expect to have Bell on their team next year. It doesn't hurt them to run him into the ground for the rest of the season. Gives them their best playmaker back on the field. Uh, gives them a chance, the best chance to win. 
saves Connor a little wear and tear leading into next year when he'll probably be their starting running back. So at this point, you know, if Bell's coming back, and we're still, it's still an if. He's saying he's coming back week seven now, but, you know, he said he was coming back week one too. So it's still very iffy, the whole situation. So it, it's it's tough, but if you're sitting on Bell at this point, if you still have Bell, you have to hold on to him and hope he comes back in week seven. Uh, at the very least, week 10, and you get the, the second half of the season and the playoffs with him. But uh, outside of that, I mean, it's so hard to know what, what's truly going on in that man's head. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, technically, he didn't tell the public that he was coming back week one. I don't know what he told his teammates, because they're obviously upset with him. He said it's going to be a great season. Looking forward to the best season yet. And he never really, in his public commentary, he never pinned down when he was coming back. So he could probably use it as a defense, but obviously amongst teammates, they felt like they were duped on some level. But um, in general, I'm a, I'm with you guys. I think he gets he can ease them in in week one. It's probably the only time you'll ever see them really share the ball. And then it's off to the races after that. We don't know what kind of shape the Steelers are going to be in the end either. If they lose today, big problems in Pittsburgh. One, three, and one. That's not where you want to be. Uh, they've played terrible defensively. The offense really hasn't been an issue, but I think it is noticeable. There, there are times when it's noticeable where, you know, Bell would have done something different than what Connor has done. He's a better player. He just is at this point. So. We'll see how it goes. I think it's important for us to talk about that. We haven't had a chance to address it all week. So uh, injury issues. Uh, Jim has been feeding me some stuff here in our little chat. Uh, Sammy Watkins expected to play I mean, after a zero last week. Like, what? I don't know what kind of value that guy has anymore. Matt Breida, uh, Will Fuller expected to play. Kiki Kuti, game time decision. A few other ones I think you had earlier. Uh, I missed him. So uh, we talked about the Packers wide receiving core just a little bit ago. Adams playing Cobb out Allison doubtful, but expect uh, so a doubtful, but technically not declared out yet. Let me see. We had uh, the Cowboys Texans injury. Sean Lee out Travis Frederick Terrence Williams gone for the year. Uh, Kiki. Oh, Coo- no, not go. Terrence Williams. He's going to kill fantasy. owners. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Uh, Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Miller, uh, are we, are we doubtful there? Is he declared officially out? Because we're, you know, Alfred Blue's in a position. I'm not expecting him to play. Okay. Um, and that comes, Alfred Blue in three lineups. Okay. Yeah, that comes from Adam Schefter. He's not expected to play. They haven't ruled him out yet, but that was from Adam Schefter. Okay, I'll run it back through. Darren Sproles, for those of you that are still holding out hope, he's gone uh, for this game. Uh, the Rams still without Greg Zerline. Uh, you should have cut him already because you can stream kickers anytime you want. Matt Breida expected to play. Larry Fitzgerald expected to play. Chargers, Chargers ruled out three players. Travis Benjamin, Joey Bosa, Kaiser uh, White. Uh, Joe Barksdale, their other tackle, carrying a doubtful tag. Uh, Russell, Russell Okung listed as questionable. So both tackles banged up with one of them likely to be out. Um, Raiders, Carl Joseph out this weekend. Kalechi Osemele listed as questionable. The Titans, a uh, couple of defenders out, uh, which is Kenny Vaccaro and Le- Wesley Woodyard. Uh, three players in the Bills injury report. Raphael Bush, Charles Clay, Micah Hyde. Charles Clay has been, always been a streaming tight end, and I utilize him every year. But this is the one year where after week one, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And that position, the tight end position, we'll get to it in the next segment, 
has been a complete mascot. Yeah, it has. Uh, but, you know, you're getting some options in there this week. And you have to be savvy. you got to do your research. Uh, there are guys like C.J. Azoma and Ian Thomas, you know, who can be useful this week. Yeah, no doubt. We'll get to the tight ends in a minute. but uh, uh, And I'll I'll talk about my strategy in drafting tight ends when we get to that. But uh, I don't draft them early because of this, because of what is happening now. It happens a lot more than people might suspect. This is a particularly bad year, but... Uh, there you go. So uh, I will bring up any other injury issues that come along as we continue through these wide receiver and tight end rankings, but I think we covered the major ones. These guys will let me know if I missed anything. So we'll go, again, PPR rankings here on rotoexperts.com, exclusive edge package. Antonio Brown comes in at the number one slot. We expect some volume today. We haven't had a breakout game from Antonio Brown just yet. I think it could happen today. Even though Juju Smith-Schuster is technically the better value on DFS, Antonio Brown becomes more of a tournament play because he's so expensive uh, and he may be capitalized from lower ownership. Adam Thielen comes in at number two. Love that call, Scott. We talked about the stuff with uh, Kirk Cousins and how he's having to ditch the ball pretty quickly. So I think that's why Adam Thielen up at number two. Julio Jones up number three. He's one of the top values in uh on dailyroto.com as well. Michael Thomas comes in at number four, so expecting a bounce back there after being somewhat limited against the G-Men. A.J. Green comes in at number five. DeAndre Hopkins at six. Steph Diggs at seven. So again, Scott expecting a high passing volume here for the Vikes. And uh, Odell Beckham at eight. Golden Tate at nine. Cooper Cup at ten. Cup has just become so reliable, and they look for him in the red zone, Jim. But Golden Tate makes an appearance here in Scott's top ten after a huge game last week. Yeah, Tate was, uh, you know, coming into the game injured. People weren't even sure if he was going to play last week. And then comes in and has that great game against uh, against them with 132 yards and two touchdowns. You know, he's averaging seven catches a game. The, the Packers are definitely not, you know, the greatest defense. And they could definitely uh, get beat by a slot receiver the caliber of Tate. The last time they faced a, a good slot receiver like this was Adam Thielen and he had what I think 130 yards and and a score against them so Tate is definitely a very strong play this week uh Scott you have the next two guys all the next couple guys you have Cooper Cup at 10 Brandon Cooks at 11 those guys have been difficult to separate then you have the next two guys uh at Juju Smith-Schuster at 12 and Calvin Ridley at 13 obviously capitalizing on the highest point total of the week, which is currently sitting at 58. Uh, drop some numbers here. Juju Smith-Schuster has 100-plus receiving yards in four of his past five and 100-plus receiving yards in three of his past four at home. On the other side, Calvin Ridley leads NFL rookies with 264 receiving yards and six touchdowns thus far this season. Obviously, he had the three-touchdown game a couple of weeks ago. But, Scott, those types of numbers already – surpass what most rookie wide receivers do in the NFL. Ridley's hit it in just four games. Yeah, you, you can't expect this kind of touchdown pace to keep up, but then again, how much is it really going to regress when Julio Jones you know, has not caught a touchdown pass yet this season and uh, extends back to last year? You know, This is why they drafted Ridley, because they want a dynamic playmaker across from Julio Jones, and against this Steelers pass defense with this high implied total, uh, you, you got to love Calvin Ridley again today. Jim, some Julio numbers just while we're on that game. He led the team with nine catches for 173 yards last week. He has 17 catches for 318 yards in his past two road games. Um, is the fact that he hasn't caught a touchdown, is it going to be a thing? 
is it going to get worse that they're going to have to keep forcing him the ball down there to get him off the schneid? Well, it, it is a thing. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you have to go back far into the 2016 season to get to a point where he's caught six touchdowns in that stretch uh, because he only had three last last year. Uh, 2016 wasn't much better. Uh, you know, Ridley's done it in four games. So it's it's a thing at this point. But the, the, the scary part of this, though, is people are getting so caught up in Ridley, but he's still he, he's playing the least amount of snaps. He's getting the least amount of targets out of all three of these wide receivers in Atlanta, including Mohamed Sanu. You know, if the touchdowns aren't there, he's going to throw up a very low number on people and really screw up lineups. I don't think it's going to happen this week against Pittsburgh, as Scott was saying. I mean, you know, they're definitely going to put up a lot of points in this game. and You have to have the touchdown score in that game. But one of these weeks, he's a candidate, I think, right now, after this game, I think is a very good sell-high candidate because he just cannot keep up this this run of uh, touchdowns. Defenses are going to have to accommodate him, start taking him out of the game. Yeah, I mean, last week he goes four for 54. The two touchdowns cause him to have a big game. But to Jim's point, you know, if he throws up for four for 54, you're going to have to be happy with that. Like You have to going to project Calvin Ridley almost without the touchdowns in a lot of other weeks. Clearly, we're putting this week in a different category, but you're going to have to consider that he may not be seeing a very high volume of passes going forward. Julio still by far and away the target leader on that team. So, uh, Scott, one thing that is noticeable here, too, is how bunched the Rams wide receivers are here. Cup at 10. Robert Wood uh, Cooks at 11 and Robert Woods at 14. They showed their ability against the Vikings to support all three of those guys. But you really like them with Gurley as the number one running back. You have Goff, I think top five it was. So you really like the Rams today to be. What's interesting about the Rams is while it's difficult to figure out the three receivers, the targets and the market share in general is still very concentrated between those three and Gurley. There's virtually nobody else that touches the ball on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, pretty much when a team scored 30 points every week and they're going to score 30 uh, again this week, you can pretty much bank on, you know, these guys being good. I have Cup first because I think he's their prime red zone target. And then I have uh, Cook second because I believe he's their best deep target. And that should be... Pretty easy against the Seattle defense uh, right now, which is down to Bradley McDougal playing really good at safety and Shaq Griffin playing some good corner, but no Earl Thomas. And they have a rookie, Trey Flowers, a converted safety playing other corner. So it, there's a lot of ways to burn the Seahawks in the passing game today. So, Jim, I have one team that is struggling. I've had a pretty good start to the season, but I have one team that's one and three. And the primary reason is because I went with a modified zero RB. I started out with Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen. And while Antonio Brown has been good, he hasn't been great. I need him to be great when I draft him in the first round. I also need Keenan Allen to be great. And Scott has him ranked here at number 15 on the week against the Raiders defense. It's a little banged up. Hasn't really stopped anybody. They gave up 42 points to the Browns. So help me out. Can I get a little love here for Keenan Allen? Oh, absolutely. After the you know week 100 yards, uh, he's definitely been a little quiet the last few games, but this is definitely a week you want to get him involved. You know, Oakland's defense is definitely a, a defense you can throw on. They'll have to throw on uh, and to 
be put up big numbers in this. I expect Rivers to have to come out throwing a lot. You know, and Oakland has already given up six touchdowns to wide receivers, over a thousand yards passing. So I expect Rivers to have a big game. And in conclusion with that, I think Keenan Allen is a very solid start this week, especially with Travis Benjamin looking like he's not a going to go again. Yeah. So Devonte Adams comes in at number sixteen. Scott, I guess part of the the upside of this receiving core being banged up is that targets, even though he's a little injured. Targets could concentrate to Devontae Adams. He could end up having a bigger game than one might expect for a player that's not at 100%. Yeah, and he's played really well recently against, uh, you know, against some really good corners. He does have the minor calf injury, but, you know, they might have to funnel a lot of targets to him. Uh, okay, a couple uh, quick questions. One quick question. Louie tweeted at us, Will Fuller or Tyler Boyd for this week? And you have Tyler Boyd coming in at number 17 here, Scott. Yeah, un- unquestionably Tyler Boyd. A really good matchup, I think. You know, this team's continued to go to throw the ball. Will Fuller's playing with a hamstring injury against a better defense. Unquestionably Tyler Boyd. To finish out Scott's rankings is Tyreek Hill at 18, Alshon Jeffrey at 19, John Brown at 20, Manny Sanders at 21, Mike Williams 22, Kenny Galladay 23, and Julie Edelman came in at number 24. We'll talk a little bit more wide receivers and then move over to the tight ends in the next segment. It's Mike Scott and Jim on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sean Hagel knocking it out of the park. Soundgarden. I don't get that a lot on here. Good stuff. Just ran back to the studio, so forgive me as I breathe heavy into the microphone. Say head on over to DailyRoto.com. It's the industry-leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners. And millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. So once you're there, if you click on Go Premium, you can use the same Daily Fantasy line optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new Sports Betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools that have produced all those Daily Fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. So go to DailyRoto.com and enter FNTSY for a special discount. DailyRoto.com. The wet industry website where millionaires are made, literally. And hopefully, it'll be one of us or one of you today that is listening. Uh, we'll have an hour from now when one of the guys from Daily Roto comes on from 10.15 to 10.30 and gives us his take on the day. Uh, you can get some, whether you're a subscriber or not, you can get some tips. But I do always tell you that, look, we all use a lot of different research tools and a lot of different things, and I'm on rotoexperts.com, checking Scott's rankings, I'm looking at inside injuries and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing, particularly for DFS, that I do without hesitance every single week and that I highly recommend to people is to be a dailyroto.com subscriber and to listen, to read their weekly rundown 
and to listen to the podcast in in accordance with that. It's linked right in the daily rundown. They do a thir- they do a Wednesday night one that is published Thursday morning, and then they do a Friday night one that is published Saturday morning with injury updates and the like. So it is an absolute must listen for me, and I do it every week, and I take notes, and that's why. I'm able to drop some of the tidbits uh, as well. You know, I do my own research beyond that, but it's a very good podcast to listen to, so I highly recommend it. Um, so let's get back to the rankings that we were looking at. At wide receiver, um, we were getting down through it. You know, I made some notes the other day. I was watching the game the other night. Uh, a little insight as to my life, guys. So I have two little kids at home, and sometimes it's hard to get, uh, you know, to just kind of get away and – uh, be in a quiet place and, and watch the game. But everybody went to sleep on time the other night around 8 o'clock. My wife was tired. She retired a little bit early. So I was just going to hang out and watch the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm a little hungry. I hadn't had a, uh, much of a dinner. So I went out to a local establishment and watched the game. And that, to my, I thought there might be a little bit of a crowd there. I brought my game notes with me. I was just going to make some notes and highlight stuff. And the place was empty. And it was the best Thursday night that I've had, and I can't remember how long. It was an empty bar. It was me and, like, one other dude who ended up leaving, and I sat there, and I had the Colts pass on in front of me. I had the Dodgers game to the right. had myself a sandwich, maybe an adult beverage or two, and I just sat there, and I made notes, and I was not bothered by anybody. The bartender, I kept asking. The, it was so empty. I kept asking the bartender if I should leave. So he could go home, and he was like, "Nah, I got to stay open till midnight." So I sat there, I watched most of the second half, and got home, got myself a good night's sleep. It was amazing. Feel free to comment. Okay, what are you bragging? It was awesome. <laughs> it was just awesome. It was like well, that, that's why I don't like going to sports bars on Sundays because you know everything gets so distracting. You know, with the socializing and everybody sure. commenting and everything. I used to like to go to sports bars to watch the games on Sunday, but now I just sit home and you know I focus. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you for the most part. So, oh, I had an I had a, a couple of trivia questions here. Well, one's a trivia question. One is a, um, one is a, just a general question. But my trivia question here is Adam Thielen, and Jim, you're going to guess first. Adam Thielen had eight catches for 135 yards and a touchdown in Week Four. He joined, he's the one of only three players with 100 receiving yards in each of his team's first four games since 1970. Do you have any idea who the other two might be? Well, if I had to guess, I'd have to say Randy Moss is Boom. a good bet for one of the others. 2007 season, Randy Moss. Oh, man, the other one. Uh, man, nothing else is coming to Scott, mind. Scott, you can shout it out if you want. Please repeat the question. He, so there's only three guys that have ever had 100 receiving yards through their team's first four games. Thielen did that games. last week. Randy Moss did it in 07. And who's the third guy? Larry Fitzgerald. Good one. Isaac Bruce, 2004. So, um, Isaac Bruce. Yeah, so uh, pretty impressive, though. For Thiel- I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> pretty impressive for Thielen. You have him all the way up at number two this hey, week. remembered 11. It's just indicative of him how much volume he's seeing that he's that bankable. You know, uh, I, I loved Thielen this year. I liked him more than Diggs, even though a lot of seasonal projections made them a little bit closer to one another. I was edging towards Thielen because I thought he would see volume. I obviously didn't expect this ripping off hundred yard games every week, but we shall see. So, um, 
All right, so I got a question from a list, a listener here. Okay, go for it. If you guys want to tackle it, it's from Dom in Queens. He wants to know, uh, you know, what do you see as the difference uh, between Jesse James and McDonald, Vance McDonald, going forward uh, and this week as well? Because uh, James had a really good, good, good game up uh, last time out. Uh, that he faced Kansas City, but uh, he's not playing Kansas City today. But you know, who do, who do you like? Who do you like today? You know, in that high-scoring matchup, I got to go with McDonald because he's when he's healthy. I don't think James is much of a factor. Yeah, I can't argue with that at, at this point. You know, I mean, Vic, McDonald was expected to be the man coming into the season. You know, had those early injuries, took him a little while and round out. But, you know, Jesse James had that one good game, and that just throws confusion into the mix. But I have to expect McDonald to be the, the big recipient going forward. I can't argue with you guys. I think you're right on point there. Uh, let's see if I have any other uh, questions here. Would you guys start Aaron Jones over David Johnson or James Conner? No. Hell, heck no. no. I think I think Aaron Jones is getting overrated. You know, people are looking at the matchup and the fact that he's the best of the three backs. That's still a pass-first team, and it's still a committee. Don't overrate Aaron Jones going into today. Where would would you rank Absolutely. him behind both guys, Scott? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I have Connor at, like, number seven. Got it. So just wanted to – that was from Jim Look, Martell. You, you got People got to realize he's going to continue to be limited because he can't protect Aaron Rodgers. He, he's not very good at pass protection. That's going to limit his touches, especially with Rodgers being beaten up. They can't afford him to take extra hits. And that's what's going to keep Williams on the field is because he does very well at protecting Aaron Rodgers, picking up those blitzes that Jones just doesn't do. So why aren't people talking? I made some one of the notes I made the other night. Why aren't people talking about John Brown as much? I even saw him on waiver wires, waiver wires in some leagues. He went three for one sixteen and a touchdown last week, five for eighty six before that, four for ninety two with the score. Flacco playing well. Uh, John Brown has twenty two and a half yards per catch, uh, second highest average in the NFL behind only Deshaun Jackson. Scott. Yeah, they're just not talking about him because I think they feel like he's he's boomer bust, although he's been doing it every week. I think yeah. he's averaging like 22 yards a catch or something like that on his scoring receptions. And I think people just don't believe it's sustainable. I actually had to flip him because I was desperate for a running back uh, this week in the New York Mets uh, Big League Impact Charity League. Uh, I actually flipped him for uh, for Royce Freeman because I'm so deep at wide receiver. By the way, uh, you know, make make sure you go over to BigLeagueImpact.org and Big League Impact on Twitter. They're having a special daily contest today uh, where uh, you get in for $10. There's 4K worth of prizes, and uh, the big prize is getting a VIP seat in one of the uh, drafts with Major League Baseball players next year. Good stuff. So I, I would just encourage you to keep going to, uh, keep going to, Scott, to RotoExperts.com exclusive edge package. To see Scott's rankings, we go through as many as we can, but I want to move on to tight ends. Before I do that, one last thing, Jim, on the John Brown thing. Is he the the Ravens wide receiver that you want going forward, or you still look at Crabtree? I'd put Snead in third of that group, but he's got as many catches at Crabtree. So would you want Brown, Crabtree, or Snead? I, I'm still a Crabtree guy. Look, Brown has been playing well, no doubt about it. Uh, he's still up and down on, on targets each week. He's still up and down on on number of receptions each week so you know the, the weeks where he doesn't score that touchdown he's going to hurt you i think more than he's going to help you 
Uh, plus, you always have the injury concern when it comes to John Brown. You know, he's lost too many games in the last few years because of that injury. And I think a lot of people are just waiting for the other shoe to drop and waiting for that injury to happen. Understandable. So uh, let's move over to the tight ends. Travis Kelsey comes in at number one. Zach Ertz at number two. No surprises there. Jared Cook. It's really unbelievable. Jared, Jared Cook is at number three. Uh, by the way, Kelsey, ten past 10 at home, is 65 catches and 864 receiving yards and five touchdowns. So you're going to talk about a floor. Talk about a floor, which means the bottom of the projections. It's pretty safe. Six and a half. For 86.4, uh, throw a touchdown in there. You're good to go. Uh, so Jared Cook comes in at number three. Scotty, you have Jordan Reed in at number four. We haven't talked too much about the Monday night players, but you like Jordan Reed here. Uh, he's always been the guy that, like, when he's healthy, let's put him out there. But you have him here. You, yeah. You're expecting a good game out of him. Jordan Reed has eight had eight receptions for 64 yards and two touchdowns in his last Monday night game. Yeah, I, I certainly do. This is a very good matchup. Uh, I don't think Alex Smith is like a top 10 quarterback this week. You know, he's, he doesn't have really many established weapons. You know, Paul Richardson, it's a bad fit, I think, there in, in Washington for him. Uh, Jamison Crowder hasn't lived up to the potential. I think it's going to be a lot of Chris Thompson, a lot of Jordan Reed. I'm actually like running a two tight end set in one of my leagues and uh, going with both Jordan Reed and Cook. Interesting. So, um Keeping going through the rankings, we have Jimmy Graham at five, Gronk at six, Ebron at seven. Look, Ebron had a career year, career night on Thursday night. It was garbage time, and he dropped two passes, but he saw 15 targets, nine for 105 and two scores. Jim, we talked about it. Due to pass volume and Jack Doyle being out, Ebron has got more value than ever as a fantasy player. Oh, no, no doubt. Uh absolutely comes into play but you know remember that he was you know one yard away from not getting that second touchdown i know so while still it would have been a great night for him that extra touchdown was just gravy after eric swoop got stopped at the one yard line otherwise we would have been talking about swoop and his two touchdowns i know uh he would have stolen he would have been a fantasy black hole for a lot of us and as an Look, I played against Ebron and i played him in one league so you take the good with the bad but uh, i was happy to see it uh Vance McDonald, Scott just got through talking about George Kittle in here at number nine, Kyle Rudolph at number 10. Kyle Rudolph has been the uh, maybe the least exciting of this tight end one group this year, but he has been providing Scott a we, I hate to keep using the term floor, but he's been he's been producing at a a solid average each and every week. Yeah, you know, that's what you look for. And I think, you know, if you're playing daily, too, you know, you're playing a cash game, you look for that nice floor as well. Yeah. So uh, you have George Kittle in at number nine. Let me see if I have any George Kittle stats here. Yeah, he led the team with six receptions for a career-high 125 and a touchdown last week. I'd run him right back. I, Kittle is a guy that I targeted in drafts a lot because I could get him late. And I'll pause here to say to – finish what i was talking about earlier I, I just don't really attack that position early i do have gronk in one league because he fell to mid to late third round uh so i took my one shot but i very rarely do that it's probably the first time i've owned gronk in years i'd probably have never had kelsey i have Ertz in a league because i've kept him for a few years i scooped him up years ago utilizing the same strategy that frankly i do every year hoping for a guy at value um 
There's just so many injuries at this position, Jim, and on a week-to-week basis, it is so touchdown-dependent who ends up becoming a number one tight end. You just referenced Eric Swope. So that's why I don't really attack it early. There's too many injuries, and you've already lost Delaney Walker and Evan Ingram and Joe J. Howard and on and on and on and on and Greg Olson. Greg Olson, yeah, I was going to say. Although now they're saying Greg Olson may very well play in week six, which would be a big surprise considering they were almost put him on IR when he went down. So a uh, big, big rescue for for fantasy. I think he's uh, trying to get it. I think this is it for him. He's just trying to get in there for a few more games to see if he can help. He's not playing after this year. I think he's done. He already took interviews for analyst jobs last season. Yeah. So I understand why he didn't want to be IR'd. I think he's just trying to get out there for the rest of the year. And, you know, I, heck, if he's going to be out there with all the, the underperforming tight ends that people like, I, you know, I think he's definitely a guy, if he's available on the oh, yeah. waiver wire, I say go get him. Absolutely, oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, so, last couple of guys, Kyle Rudolph, C.J. Uzuma, David Njoku, Ian Thomas, Jeff Hoyerman, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, Tyler Croft. Scott, you like Uzuma more than Croft. Is it because they look for him in the red zone a little bit more? There's been reports out of Cincinnati that Azuma is going to be the start, the number one tight end with uh, Eifert out. It's very weird. Two years ago, when Eifert was out, it was Uzuma. Last year, when Eifert was out, it was Croft. So, um, roster both of them in one league. I, I really don't know what's going on here. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. You just don't know. I mean, whether they say it, you know it's going to be Uzuma or not. I mean. I'm going with Uzma a little bit more over Croft because early in the season, before Eifert was really getting going, it looked like they were targeting Uzma more and getting him more involved. So I think that trend continues. But you're right. This is just, you know, a total wave the flag. Give me a shot. Throw that dart and see what happens. So it, it, here's, here's how I can tell you where we're at at this point during the season. I've done my best, you know, the Kittles. I, I've, I've thrown some Austin Safarian Jenkins out there. I got Ertz. I got Ebron. Here's what I did this week in a couple of leagues. <laughs> Just justifying it to myself as I put in bids on him. You know who's not been terrible is Jeff Swaim. So I have yeah. Jeff Swaim on a couple of leagues this week to go a little bit deeper. Just trying to avoid like a Cincinnati situation where I really don't know what's going to happen. At least Swaim has been a primary target down in the red zone and they're a lower volume passing team and it's not great, but Hell, if I'm going to roster one of these guys, I at least know they're going to look for Swaim down near the red zone, Scott. Yeah, you know, I think if you're desperate, you know, maybe he's a play, but ideally you don't want to really get him in there. You know, that Dallas passing game, if Tavon Austin is really their best pass catcher, and that's saying a lot. Yikes. Uh, all right, so I think uh, I think we've beaten the horse dead on tight ends to, to let you know that <laughs> it's a really difficult situation. You know, you got your Ben Watsons out there. Jeff, I really like the Jake Butt call. I was that was going to be the call that I was going to just pat myself on the back for by the end of the year, and he tore his ACL. Unbelievable! And now Jeff Horman becomes an option. It's silly. It seems silly, maybe, but he's an option. Case Keenum does utilize a tight end, so uh, that's where we're at. We'll come back. We'll talk DFS. We'll talk some maybe streaming defenses, and we'll look for some more questions on Twitter. So it's Mike. Scott and Jim, and we'll be back after this. But before that, do that. Before we go, I'll tell you that Best D- Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. 
They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. We'll be back on Fantasy Sports Today Game Day Edition right after this. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Little rush. So it was Sunday morning, rush to your right rush to Fantasy Sports Radio Network and get your advice from these Roto experts from the Roto experts and uh, Fantasy Sports Today Game Day Edition. Scott, Jim, and Mike. I break out my uh, my air drumsticks. Oh boy! So we're going to be here for another it's good fi- musical. The Go music is good, but I just can't stand Getty Lee's voice. It's like, yeah, he really thinks Sean's trying to upset me this morning. So Yeah, but there's, <laughs> like, the thing with Rush fans, and I'm sitting here with a Canadian gentleman, uh, Gabe Morrency, who I'll host the next three hours with. The thing about, he's saying, great man. The thing about Rush fans is you cannot say anything bad about Rush to the Rush fans, or Canadians <laughs> in general, because it's their band. Yeah. Sensitive well, about Rush. They, they, were, they were best friends with Kiss, and you know, they used to open for him. And like, Getty Lee's a big fantasy baseball player and a nice guy, but his voice just tears through me. Just don't say anything about Neil Peart, and we'll be fine. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, Neil Peart, one of the best drummers of all time. Yeah, so uh, 15 minutes left on this that. show. And after that, it'll be Lineup Locked Live. Myself, Gabe Morency, uh, the Canadian Wonder. And uh, Corey Parson will be joining me here in, in a few minutes, the fantasy executive. Uh, after that, Fantasy Football Live continues from 1 all the way through 8. The first uh, block is 1 to 4, which is Gabe and Corey, along with Chris Welsh, providing updates every half hour, live scores, injury updates, performance updates. And then Fantasy Football Live continues from 4 to 8, and that is with Joe Galena, Cam Stewart, uh, the redheaded Canadian wonder. Uh, and George Kurtz coming with live scores, injury updates, and performance updates every half an hour. And then these two gentlemen, Jim and Scott, reconverge back on the airwaves from 8 to 10 doing fantasy football rewind. So they'll watch the action all day, come back to you with uh, clearly takes on what happened, injury updates, and uh, exactly how uh, you fared today in fantasy football. So if you're, not, if you're out... Watching the games or at uh, a christening party or something like that, and you haven't been able to watch, just tune in from 8 to 10 tonight, and you will be uh, able to get fully updated. Does that sound good, gentlemen? Unfortunately, Mike, it's actually updated today. We're actually on from uh, 7 to 9 tonight as uh-huh. opposed to 8 to 10 uh, yes. because the studio is being used for something else. So, so there you we're go. On from 7 to 9 tonight. A good update. 7 to 9 tonight will be the case. Uh, for these guys. So uh, I guess Fantasy Football Live will uh, be truncated by an hour as these guys uh, reconverge, like I said. So let's get to some of the 
uh, the well, what do we want to do first? We want to do streaming defenses, or do we want to do DFS lineups? Why don't we do DFS lineups? We can talk about the defenses through the course of that conversation. Uh, what anybody have a DFS lineup in front of them that they want to do, Jim or? Uh, I got one of them. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, uh, this is on DraftKings today. Uh, I'll be doing my FanDuel lineups after the show. Uh, quarterback Blake Bortles. Run, no, I'm sorry. I'll do this one. Uh, quarterback Matt Ryan, running back James Conner and Austin Eckler, my little Eckler. Uh, Tulio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Golden Tate, Vance McDonald, Mike Williams, and the Ravens. Yeah. And you bring up a great point there. I, I, I just need to talk about this. Mike Williams, he is so disappointing <laughs> last week. He, he just, uh, and I love Mike Williams. I, I think he's a great playmaker, and it's just disappointing to me how little they're actually using him uh, on a consistent basis. What, what are your guys' thoughts here? Is, this, is he just game script dependent, or what are we looking at here with Mike Williams? I'm a little frustrated I, myself. I, Go I, ahead, Scotty. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, some players have down games once in a while, and last week was a case of it. I love him against the Raiders this week to bounce back. You know, the first two weeks, he was very – first three weeks, he was actually pretty impressive and consistent. So, look, not every player has a good game every week. I think it's an anomaly. I just think – I to, hope you're right. I think to some extent, though, like you look at Corey Davis, and he's not going out there and putting up big numbers every week, but the Titans aren't shy about feeding it to him. You know what I mean? I Like, I think long-term – we're getting a sense of what Corey Davis could be a really good player with like a lower catch rate, but he can have those games like he had last week as he gets more experience with Mike Williams. He should be seeing the ball more often. I understand Keenan Allen is there, but they drafted him in the top 10 for a reason. I get that they have Melvin Gordon, but this is a really efficient offense. They could be crushing it. And I'm not that they're doing poorly offensively, but they could be used like Austin Eckler is seeing all these touches, which you could funnel two or three a game over to Mike Williams. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, I, 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 I just I just think, you know, Keenan Allen, I like inside injuries have been saying, I don't know if he's actually 100 percent with that knee injury. So, you know, here's a real opportunity for uh, for for Williams to step up again this week. That's why I didn't rank William, uh, Allen in my top 10. I don't think he's playing at 100 percent. Fair point. Jim, you have a uh, lineup uh, set up here for us? I do. I actually have a uh, FanDuel lineup for you this week. Go for it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start with Blake Bortles at 7,000. I have Christian McCaffrey at 8,100. I have James Conner at 7,800. Uh, like you said, paying up a little bit for those those running backs this week. Uh, I do have Juju Smith in there for 8,000. Uh, still thinking on that one. I have Jarvis Landy at, Landry at 6,900. Taewon Taylor is a, a punt at the third wide receiver position at 5,000. Then I have Vance McDonald in the tight end at 4,600. Melvin Gordon in my flex for 8,700. And then the Titans for 3,900. Uh, I like that. I have a couple of those same guys. You just, you, uh, you reminded me of the Taewon Taylor thing, so I have him in there as well. Um, my problem is that I'm getting way too concentrated. I'm getting way too concentrated on a couple of games and a couple of teams and it's the Steelers and the Jags. I keep coming back to it and I'm getting a little concerned that I may not be able to, I, I think I'm just too all in on those games and it, it concerns me that I will, you know, you could throw up a bad lineup with that. So what I have right now, as I'm trying to scroll through, 
I'm just so I mad. Don't, I, don't, I don't think it's it's bad to, you know, my lineup is like basically centered around one game with, with some complimentary pieces in there. So, you know, if the game has a high Vegas implied total, I'm all for it. Yes, but. Especially uh, the it, highest of the year. So here's yeah. here's what I can do. Here's what I'll, I'll, I'll mix it up here. Uh, okay. I have Blake Bortles at QB, Chris McCaffrey and James Conner are my running backs, Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver along with Adam Thielen and then Taewon Taylor, a little bit of a punt. I'm going Vance McDonald at tight end, so as you can see, I have three Steelers in there. Uh, and I'll go Jarvis Landry in the flex with Tennessee as my defense. I switched it up there. The, the Taewon Taylor thing, I was glad Jim said that because I was looking for a cheaper option, and I think considering I spent up almost everywhere else, I can get that. I was I was heavy on the Jags with Keelan Cole and TJ Yeldon, who I could still use there, but I think Landry helps me out significantly there, and I even have a couple of hundred bucks left. So uh, I can tell you that, and we'll tr- we're going to talk to Ricky Sanders in about 25 minutes. I can tell you that of all of the plays that we've talked about, the ones that uh, they really like over at Daily Roto from a running back standpoint are McCaffrey and Connor. You can certainly pay up for Gurley and Gordon, Gordon who have higher projections, but it's getting difficult when some of the higher-priced quarterbacks, if you'd like to use those, are expensive, are, are the chalk as well. Uh, so McCaffrey, Connor, Juju, Thielen, even Doug Baldwin on DraftKings is a really strong play. Scott... At five thousand dollars, I disagree with that. Wait, hang on one sec. At five, oh, it's it's the same thing that we talked about with David Johnson. As difficult a game as it could be, we could see passing volume here for the Hawks, and it's always going to Doug Baldwin. At five thousand dollars, a guy with that kind of passing volume just becomes a value. He's not a must play, but he becomes a really good value. It's a narrative I just don't agree with for a few reasons. Now, people are talking about how the Rams can be exploited in the slot. Doug Baldwin's playing with two knee injuries. I don't think there's upside there. I don't want to use him in daily. You want to plug him in as your third wide receiver in your seasonal lineup? Yeah, you know, you could get five catches for 50 yards. Maybe if you're lucky, get a touchdown. I, th- I think you got to pivot off of Doug Baldwin because of his health. Uh, I have him on the bench in two leagues. Uh, you know, One of them, like, I'm benching him for Robert Woods because I have the luxury of having Dynasty League. I have Brown, Thielen, and, and Woods, so I can afford to bench him. But I'm not even using him in the fishbowl, you know, where I can start five receivers. I'm starting Dante Moncrief over him just because of that matchup, wow. and I want to take the shot on the upside. I believe Doug Baldwin. And secondly, the narrative is is that the Seahawks are going to play catch-up. The Seahawks are not built to play catch-up right now. Just because a team is behind does not mean they're going to rack up points playing in catch-up. Brian Schottenheimer has been a disaster in Seattle so far with his play calling and taking the straights away from Russell Wilson. Pivot off of Doug Baldwin today. Don't go Russell Wilson in a DFS tournament. If you're going to go with a Seahawk, go with Tyler Lockett. Like, and even like Daily Roto says, maybe Nick Finette. Uh, it's okay, so there you go. Feel strongly about it, Jim. I'm not going to argue with him. So, uh, as far as streaming, yeah, no, he does feel strong. Hey, look, you know, if there's one team in the league that you can take serious advice from Scott from, it's got to be the Seahawks. Just I mean, the one. I don't know anybody who knows more just, about that. Just the one team. He does. Just the one just team. The Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, 
As far as streaming defense, <laughs> we talked about we we both like the Titans here um, uh, defensively this week. I mean, I think we all like them defensively, but from a DFS standpoint, I'm in on the Titans. You can look at some of these teams too as streaming defenses. I think Denver is in, Denver and Baltimore and Philly are defenses that have been owned uh, all throughout the year. Arizona is a relatively high-priced defense this week, which is somebody that could be out there on your waiver wires if you want to attack C.J. Beathard. But C.J. Beathard actually put up some numbers against the Chargers nearly a 300-yard game, Jim. Yeah, but the, those Chargers are beat up on defense and getting beat up on defense. So I'm not really to believe, ready to believe that Beathard's a, a guy you can count on for – over 250 yards and two scores every week. I, I'd be surprised if he even hits 250 this week, and I'd be definitely surprised if he gets more than one touchdown. Uh, all right, so let's go to survivor picks. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to be much fun with it because I've already made my pick in all my survivor pools, and I won because I picked the Patriots. So I did it on air the other day uh, on the Friday show, or on the Thursday show, rather, and I picked it in my pool that I'm in, so I'm alive. In fact, there's only three of us left. We all picked the Patriots, so uh, there you go with my survivor pool pick. Uh, who do you guys have? Scott, you first. Uh, I'm going to go nifty here because I always do. I'm going to take the Jets. I don't like Denver traveling east. Against an opportunistic defense, Case Keenum has not thrown a touchdown pass uh, since the season opener, and he's second in the NFL with five interceptions. I think the Jets need this game, and they take this game. You know, you, you're supposed to pick the easy ones, right? Yeah, but I but, but I, w- I want to give a service to the listeners who may have not already already picked the easy ones, or may have picked the easy ones already, and they want to veer in a different direction. I want to have fun with it. Okay. Well, if they pick the easy ones already, they're probably out of the survivor pool because the easy true. ones have been getting their butts kicked. That's true. Um, exactly. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati this week, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Miami. Look, Miami got you know pushed around last week by New England. Cincinnati's offense is playing really well. I expect their defense to step up at home. Uh, I really like Cincinnati. I actually like them to cover the six-and-a-half, but straight up, I actually love Cincinnati this week. Uh, I kind of like Cincinnati, too. Uh, that would I think that's a good pivot for those people that maybe, frankly, didn't forgot to pick the Patriots on Thursday or, or, or use them. Uh, the previous week against the Dolphins, which was ended up being a popular pick, I think the Bengals are an interesting one. And if I was going down to my second choice, it would be between them and the Titans. I do feel good about the Titans this week. Um, I don't know that I would lay the five and a half necessarily, which I probably should feel confident in if I'm going to pick them as my survivor pick. But I kind of like the Bengals here. I, I look at the Panthers too, but... The Giants are always weird with these kinds of games, Jim. Yeah. Just when you think they're, they're dead and buried. They're kind of game, Mike. <laughs> no, but I, just when you think the Giants are dead and buried, they end up winning games like this. And Yeah, it really comes down to which, which side of Eli Manning we see each week. Two weeks ago, we saw the good Eli Manning with crisp throws right where he had to put him every time. Last week, we saw the other Eli Manning who couldn't hit the side of a barn. It always comes down to which Eli Manning we see on a given week. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is important to note regarding spreads, the Packers were the favorite in this game as the latest Friday against the Lions. So the Lions were a home dog. They are now a one-point favorite. So the line has swung the other way. 
And there were a bunch of home dogs this week. The Bills are a home dog. The Lions were. The Browns are. Uh, the Jets are now at a pick em, and I think they were a home dog. You got the Seahawks are a home dog. The Texans, where's that spread at now? They're favored. And all right, New Orleans is obviously favored. So you still okay, have a few I'm left. I'm not sure. Where, where are you getting that from? Because sure. I'm looking at my bookie AG right now. And they still have the Packers. Is they actually have the Packers now at minus two? Interesting. Well, I'll have to I'll have to correct that then on the next show because I printed out. This is late last night. I printed out Westgate, which is the they host the Super Contest. So I apologize for using different uh, frames of reference there. But Gabe, Gabe, can you get me the spread on Detroit Green Bay? Let's see if it's up to date. Gabe Morrissey plays in the Super Contest as well. He's done pretty well to start this season. Lions minus one. That's according to Westgate. So I used Westgate because they're uh, oh, okay. super contest. My, my bookie has a, a little bit of a more favorable line. So, but you know, different books can sometimes be off by a bit. That's all right. For the record, Gabe likes the Lions. So um, I, I think I would take the Packers well, then there. You, but it, it, then that's where you want to use the bookies that have the favorable matchups. I agree. Place a bet on, on a different bookie if they're getting you a better line. Yeah, p- people make a living off of going to different books to find out exactly how, if they can, uh, you know, middle the spread and all that kind of stuff. But uh, something to consider there, uh, some some line movement there from a underdog to a favorite for the Lions. And that's it, gentlemen. I think uh, we've covered everything we need to cover. Uh, we got our survivor pool picks, and uh, let's go Steelers. Uh, I'll just say that game might see seventy points. Do it, and one of those teams is in big, big trouble. Falcons could be one and four, Steelers could be one, three, and one, and the season will be conceivably over for one of those teams. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Going to be tough to come back from that. Okay, well, these guys will be on in nine hours, seven o'clock tonight to do fantasy football rewind. Thanks for listening to us on this show. You're going to join me on the other side with Gabe Morrency and Corey Parson to do Lineup Lock Live. Streaming live on YouTube and right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good luck this week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening.